0: I wasn't there the day Superman died I didn't see Lois Lane weep over the man she loved I did not share in the shock of the world as this man this farm boy this last son of Krypton left this existence what did his death mean if Superman could die What chance did his ideals of truth, justice, and the American way stand? The media declared his death the end of an era. The end of hope. Some of my friends were in disbelief that DC could kill Superman, THE Superman. Others cynically rejoiced at what they saw was an outdated symbol. Superman's death occurred around the time my love of comic books had faded. Years later, I would pick up the death of Superman's novelization. By this time, Superman had returned and his four mystery replacements had all gone their separate ways. Status quo had returned to the DCU. Still, I wanted to know the story. I wonder if I was still involved in the drama of the DCU at the time. How would I have been affected? Would I have stared in disbelief at the comic book page and think, this cannot be happening? So what impact did Superman's death carry? Well, I look at it like this. When one of your friends decides that they're going to start changing things up, like they start wearing a fedora or be a vest guy, and then drops it a few months later. Then years later, you see photos of them at that time and think, oh yeah, I remember that. It's kind of weird. The moment your friend decides to make that commitment, it seems impactful and meaningful. In retrospect, it was just a phase. Calling Superman's death a phase may sound callous, but in the end, everything did go back to normal. Is there much difference between the Superman before his death and the Superman of today? To have meaning, Superman needed to have changed in power level, in personality, in his outlook on humanity. Instead, he died, he came back, like nothing happened. Without a long-lasting impact, it's just... For lack of a better word, feels was like a phase he went through. Still, at the time, it was a pretty good story, and Superman does rule.
1: You're listening to Just Another Fanboy Presents, The Death of Superman, episode number one, The beginning of the end. Hello and welcome to Just Another Fanboy Presents The Death of Superman. My name is Steven, and I'm the guy that's hosting this thing. And the voice you heard there at the top of this episode was Frank A. Rencon from the Half Hour Wasted podcast. You can find that show at hhwlod.com. Thank you, Frank, for our cold opening or introduction this week. And hey, if you want to submit your own cold opening talking about where you were when Superman died, well, we're looking for about two to three minutes. So make your recording and send the file to fanboy at gmail.com. And in fact, if you go out there and grab the episode Where Were You When Superman Died, right here on this feed, you're going to get a lot more information in regard to what we're looking for Uh, for those cold openings and uh, how you can make it happen and submit it. All right. So with that out of the way, let's jump right into the death of Superman and talk about the issue that started it all. Superman, Man of Steel, issue number 18. This was, of course, published by DC Comics. It sported a cover date of December of 1992, but went on sale this week in 1992, 30 years ago. Uh, the on-sale date is listed over on Mike's Amazing World of Comics as October 13th, 1992. It had a cover price of $1.25. It was written by Louise Simonson, pencils by John Bogdanov, inks by Dennis Janky, letters by Bill Oakley, and the colorist was Glenn Whitmore. Now, all I'm going to be doing here each week is just giving, giving you a rundown of what happened in the issue. Uh, that is part of the death of Superman storyline that landed during the week that this podcast episode comes out, but 30 years previous. I didn't take a lot of notes. Most of this is going to be all off the top of my head to make it easier for me to record these shows and and get them out there for you to ensure that I hit because it's important that I hit these weeks, that I hit these deadlines. Before we get into this issue, I should mention that whether or not you're reading the issue, online for example you can get all of this through the DC Infinite Universe app if you're if you're reading along with me and you're using that to read these issues then this issue issue number 18 of Superman the Man of Steel opens a bit differently than the actual issue that was published if you have the hard copy of the issue which I do I've got all of these I'll be reading most of this through the website through the through the app through the DC Infinite Universe app but I do have all these issues up in the attic. And the digital version here opens up with four pages that were not part of the original published issue. They're actual pages. These are actually pages from previous issues that were released uh, the previous month. If you listen to episode zero, I talked about Man of Steel issue number 17, which was released on September 15th, 1992. And how the final page in that issue was made up of four panels. And in those four panels, the the first three, you see a, a gloved fist hammering away at a metal door uh, or a metal wall, at least. We don't know if it's a door or a wall. And there are some kind of metal coils wrapped around the arm that is attached to this fist. And then the fourth panel shows a the the outside of this wall and it's it's unmarred and you get this very bare, barely audible crang. So something is inside or on the other side of this wall and it's it's uh, slamming its fist into the wall. And in that issue number 17, you get two caption boxes. The first one is at the top of the page on 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 panel 1 it says somewhere else and then the last one is at the bottom of the page and it says doomsday is coming. Now, you get one of these pages at the at the end of the the four issues uh, from each of the four titles that preceded Man of Steel number eighteen, so you, you get this page in Man of Steel number seventeen from again September fifteenth, nineteen ninety two. You get it in the following week from Superman number seventy three from September twenty second, nineteen ninety two. These uh, this next one again four panels. It looks like the four panels were done by a different artist. So whoever is whoever was doing art chores for that for each one of these particular issues, they did their own version of these four panels. And again, for this one, the the, the second time we see this, we get the the gloved fist hammering on this wall. Uh, the the steel coils that are wrapped around its arm uh, have broken. The glove at the knuckle has torn open, and we see uh, like bony protrusions, like uh, almost claws coming out of its its knuckles. And when we get to that fourth panel and we see the outside of the wall, we now see what appears to be four very tiny holes. And the sound effect of crink is a little bit louder. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is because if you're, we're, we're going to go through each one of these four pages, because again, if you're reading this digitally, they added these four pages to the beginning of Man of Steel issue number eighteen, because if you are if you're on the app and you go to just the storyline, the death of Superman, it it gives you all the issues in in order. And I guess so they don't include these four previous issues from the four titles the previous month. They don't want you to read through each of those just to get to these last pages. They they stuck them here at the beginning of this this issue. Um, there's a difference though. In the original Superman number 73 from September 22nd, 1992, that final page has the same text boxes that appeared in the Man of Steel 17, somewhere else, and then Doomsday is coming. The only difference between the two pages from those issues is that, you know, the the, the art is different and what's happening is different. But in the digital version, they actually changed the text. So for the digital version, the the second page, which comes from Superman number 73, now says unrelentingly at the top, and then Doomsday is coming at the bottom. The third page comes from The Adventures of Superman number 496 from September 29th, 1992. And in the original version, the text again is the same from Man of Steel number 17. Again, we have a different artist, whoever the, the artist was on this issue. We have a different artist doing these four panels. But now we're seeing that the fist with its bony protrusions uh, is, has created more damage on this wall. And the glove has ripped away even more. And in the final panel, we can actually see those four bony claws poking through the wall. The new text, that they added to the digital version is that first text box that says, Unstoppably. And then the final of the four pages originally showed up in Action Comics number 683 from October 6th of 1992. In this version, again, four panels. The first three are the fist pounding way at the wall, but the wall has sustained even more damage. And in the final panel, the fist is actually coming through the wall. You've got the entire fist coming out of the wall. The text box up top in the original version said somewhere else. In the digital version says unbelievably. And then the final text box there at the bottom was different in the original issue, Action Comics 683. And they kept it for the digital version and it says Doomsday is here. So that leads in seamlessly with what is the first page of Superman Man of Steel number 18. We're out in a meadow. You can hear the the sound of this fist pounding against this metal wall. We don't know where it's coming from. It's just kind of ringing out through the meadow. Birds are flying in fear, a deer is running, uh, you know, running away in fear of the sound. Rocks are toppling over and then we see the fist coming through the wall. We learn that wherever this is this is taking place where wherever this wall is, it's underground because now we see the fist pounding away, uh, through the earth until this figure erupts from the ground. It's covered head to toe in a green, like a a green suit, dark green. Um, I don't know what you would actually call that color. I'm a little colorblind. Its face is entirely obscured from this suit and it appears to be wearing, um, some kind of, there's like two, uh, like a lens over each eye, the red lens. Now, the main story that's happening here in Man of Steel number 18 actually doesn't deal with this figure at all, who, you know, in hindsight is uh, doomsday. I'm not going to try and read this. I'm not going to try to, as I'm talking about these issues as as we move forward, I'm not going to try to pretend like this is my first time through these books. I did read this um, when it was coming out. I will be giving my own. Where Was I When Superman Died? I will be opening up one of the issues with that or one of the episodes with, with that uh, myself. But I'm, I'm, just, I'm not going to go into that here. But I did read these issues as they were coming out. So I'm not going to pretend like I don't know who this, who this thing is that's coming up out of the ground. It's Doomsday. Beyond that, I don't remember a lot about, I mean, I, I remember based on, you know, the years that have gone by where Doomsday came from and what Doomsday is all about, but I don't remember how much of that. I don't remember if they go through any of that during the whole death of Superman arc, or if that came later. So I'm not going to talk about any of that until maybe, maybe later on down in the season when, when we get to certain points, maybe I'll, I'll bring some of that up. But if I remember correctly from reading this back in the day, Doomsday is just, ultimately is just a tool. It's a force of nature, We don't know why Doomsday is there, but the creature is, and somebody has to stop them. Well, again, in this issue, most of the issue is taken up with a a a story outside of what was going on with Doomsday. We we get throughout the main story, we have these little scenes that take us back to what Doomsday is doing, but ultimately, we're just kind of setting up what's going on with Superman at this point before the danger uh, that is Doomsday before that becomes apparent to Superman. Now, the title of this issue is listed as Doomsday Part 1. And the main story here is actually involving a, a group of creatures that they call Underworlders. And I'll be honest, I had no idea who these dudes were when I first read through this back in the day. Uh, I did have to look up who these, who these guys were. And uh, according to DCFandom.com, the Underworlders represent the epitome of science gone wrong, conceived and created in the laboratories of Project Cadmus. These men were created by the mad scientist Dabney Donovan, considered failed examples of genetic cloning. They were exiled from Cadmus and forced to live beneath the sewers of Metropolis, where they earned the name the Underworlders. Now we learn in this issue that among the underworlders there are also creatures uh aliens from Warworld I don't know if they were exiled Warworld is a it ties into the character Mongol um who has gone up against Superman before um but when the when when the story here involving the underworlders open we have a boy outside of a hardware store he's looking up in the sky cuz Superman is flying by and he's remembering uh, he's you know he's thinking to himself how awesome Superman is and how Superman has saved him twice and that Superman is his friend he he goes into the hardware store to buy glow in the dark spray paint. We find out that these underworlders, uh, according to the boy, he apparently stumbled across something that they were doing in a previous issue and in order to keep him quiet, they told him that he, or that they kidnapped his mom and threatens to kill her if this this kid says anything to anybody about what they're doing. Well, the kid appears to live in a in a boys' home, an orphanage of some sort. Uh, so he he can't for certain say you know that his mom has been or has not been kidnapped because he doesn't see her all the time. But he knows that uh that whatever day she she may you know she's supposed to come see him she didn't. So he's decided to go underground into the sewers and try to rescue her. In the meantime, we have the Underworlders in a power plant there in Metropolis. They have uh, kidnapped the workers there in the power plant. And some of these Underworlders are just homeless people that, that live in the sewers. Some of them are these genetic cloning gone wrong type creatures. They're led by a guy named Closter. Uh, C-L-A-W-Clawster. And he is, it's, it's really kind of weird. I don't know who came up with the design of Doomsday. I think it was Dan Jurgens, And then who came up with the design of Closter. But they're very similar. They're both big hulking creatures that look like they're made out of granite. Closter looks more like uh, the thing when it comes to his rocky exterior. But both of them have bony protrusions that come out of their skin. Closters are, are a bit more, they're a bit bigger. He's got great big ones that come out of the top of his head and out of his chin and whatnot. And he's kind of a, a, a yellowish green color. But I, I found it kind of interesting uh, reading this again that while he doesn't look like Doomsday, there's some obvious similarities between the two. And yet there's nothing... As far as I know, as far as I can remember, there's nothing that relates the two of them together. Well, so the boy goes down in the sewers. He's got this glow-in-the-dark spray paint with him because he knows that once he's down there, it's like a maze. So every time he comes to a, a, a fork in the road, basically, he can spray paint a little arrow on the wall so he can find his way out. In the meantime, we meet up with Lois Lane at the Daily Planet. She has got a note in her mailbox. That says, send Superman to the basement under the West Side power station. Metropolis is in danger. A friend. Clark uh, is not there. She knows at this point, if you remember, if you listen to my episode zero, Lois knows that Clark is Superman. And in fact, they are engaged to be married. Clark's not in at this point. And so she leaves a message for him on his computer. And then she tells a coworker as she's on the way out to check in on this, uh, what's going on at the power station. The West Side Power Station. She she hollers at a coworker that uh she's got to run, tell Clark there's a message for him on his computer. It's here we get back to this mysterious creature that we do know as Doomsday. We're out in the middle of a, of a meadow. Doomsday is standing there. Again, he's still covered head to toe in this jumpsuit. The only thing that we can see of him is his hand, which... You know, again, the glove busted open while he was hammering on the wall. He's still got a lot of these steel coils wrapped around him, and it looks as if these steel coils were used to tie his hands behind his back, but he's got the one arm free, and yet the other arm is still lashed with these steel coils behind his back. As uh, Doomsday's standing there, uh, birds are flying around, and he holds his, his hand open, and this cute little bird lands in his open palm and he squishes it to death and then starts laughing which is a really kind of a horrific scene because if you are if you for example if you're reading this through the app and you're doing the guided view so you're just going panel by panel you don't know that this this the 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 squishing of this bird is coming it's all on the same page so if you're reading the actual book if you're reading full page view It's, it's, it's right there. That doesn't come to as a surprise, but I'd have to imagine reading this panel by panel. You're like, okay, there's this, this, this big dude out in the middle of a field. Oh, a little bird landed in his hand and he's looking at the bird. Oh my God. He squished it. And then doomsday laughs. From there we go back to the daily planet Superman who's been out flying around and, and on patrol. He lands on the roof, changes back into Clark. He goes into the offices And Fran, the coworker, tells him that Lois left a message on his computer, and he goes to check it. And as he is pulling it up, the power goes out. And we learn quickly that this is because of the Underworlders who have taken over the power station. They now have control of Metropolis's electricity. Lois has made her way into the you know underground into the basement area underneath the power station, and she is quickly captured. By Closter, with Closter is a, a homeless guy by the name of Charlie, who's got a machine gun. Closter is being your typical villain, and he's kind of revealing some of their plan. he He lets us know that the the underworlders have gotten war machines and that they are going to uh, use them to their benefit. Charlie mentions that Lois Lane would make a good hostage. Closter then fires back that uh the boss don't take prisoners. We don't know who the boss is. I, I assumed it was Closter, but there's apparently another boss that we don't know about, and I don't think we learn who it is in this issue. Now that I think about it, uh, but Closter decides to uh, take Lois to the boss and uh, see what happens. the The boy who had gone down in the sewers to find his mom, he is he's hiding in some pipes, and he sees this happening. And based on the fact that Closter says they don't take prisoners. He realizes that they had lied to him. Well, they've either lied to him and didn't have his mom, or his mom is dead. We go back to Doomsday, who's standing before a tree that is about three times the thickness of Doomsday. This is a, a an old, very large tree, and Doomsday punches it once, and it shatters into a million pieces, and he continues moving forward. And we see here what basically what we're seeing here is that wherever Doomsday is going he the, wh- you know he's the type of creature that doesn't move around things. If he encounters something in his way, it gets destroyed. And we see this wreckage behind him, all these trees that are just nothing but stumps at this point. So, yeah, this uh I think this one page which is just literally made up of three panels tells us a lot about who this Doomsday character is just simply because rather than walk around the tree and walk around all the other trees, it just shatters them into a million pieces and just keeps going. No- nothing is going to stop Doomsday from moving forward. All right. So we go back to the boy whose name is Keith. He, uh, uses the arrows to leave the sewers and, and get back out into the open air and he takes his spray paint, he's thinking to himself how in Gotham City they have the the big spotlight that they shine into the air to 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 notify Batman that he is needed. And while he doesn't have a spotlight, he he's he's standing on a on an outdoor basketball court and he uses his spray paint to make the the S shield across the entire court and Superman does see it from the air because he's heading that way anyway and uh Flies down and Keith tells him that the lady reporter is has been captured by monsters. So then we get this double page spread of the the Underworlders and their war machines. They have something that is burrowing, uh, like a big drill machine that's burrowing through the rock, and they're making their way to the surface. And they're going to uh, they're going to invade the city. Superman, of course, is suddenly there and he stops them one of the underworlders named rambo r a m b e a u who he looks like a blue goat which again is weird because i know that at some point during this series during this uh storyline we're going to meet a character by the name of double x who has is is an established character um but the death of superman for me was the first time that that i came across this character and it's got a tie into uh D- double x has a uh, his, uh, his backstory is tied into Cadmus. The Underworlders are reject clones from Cadmus. And Double X looks somewhat like a blue goat who, who stands on two legs. And so does this Rambo dude. Anyway, the the Rambo dude, Closter uh, yells out, Rambo, Diversion 7. And Rambo grabs a grenade from his vest, says, I got the grenade, Closter, but where do I put it? Superman runs by at super speed, grabs the grenade, and shoves it into Closter's mouth. The grenade explodes while it's still in 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 his mouth, and Closter, as he's falling unconscious, says, uh, good thing, Closter, and vulnerable." And then he's then he's out like a light. Very the 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 two panels where the uh, the grenade blows up, and then we see him start to fall. Very. Very well done. Very kind of Looney Tunes. And uh, uh really enjoyed those two panels. So Superman makes quick work of the Underworlders. He recognizes these war machines as uh, war world designs. And he says he's thinking to himself that he fears that the war world escapees are behind this. We don't really get a lot more information than that. But apparently, to me, that means that there were some... Aliens from Warworld who escaped. And we do see one of them here because Superman yells at the guy, come back here, Warworlder, which is a hard thing to say. Warworlder. He snatches up the, the alien and the alien tells him that Lois has been taken by Charlie down the East Tunnel and that by now she is dead. From there, we get another page with Doomsday who has come to a highway with an overpass and he uh, is standing there with cars coming at him. He's under the overpass, still has the one arm lashed behind his back. And he reaches out and grabs one of the uh, overpass supports and pulls the overpass down atop all these cars, which I'm assuming means that a number of people have now died. And the whole time, Doomsday is laughing. It's, again, this is just three panels here. The first panel, basically he's stepping out into this highway notices the cars, kind of goes, huh? pulls the overpass down on him and, and is just standing there amongst the wreckage and ruin and death and is laughing. So we get back to Superman and Lois. Uh, Superman comes crashing through this wall into the room where Charlie, the the homeless human guy, has Lois hostage. He's got a gun in his hand. Uh, as Superman comes through the wall, he basically grabs the the gun out of Charlie's hand and he's getting ready to punch Charlie in the face and Lois stops him because we learn that the note that Lois got at the beginning of the issue actually came from Charlie. Charlie is, a, is an informant and he is a, uh, he's undercover with the war worlders and the, the, the underworlders and he's the one that warned Lois that they were all up to no good. And so we learn here that these, these underworlders that were, you know, Closter and his crew that were trying to invade Metropolis they don't speak for all the Underworlders. They are kind of a small, violent faction among the Underworlders, and those that want peace uh, end up taking the, the, the invaders as prisoners, and they're, they're leading them off, and Lois tries to get Charlie to come back with her uh, and come work for the paper. Charlie doesn't want to. He wants to stay, and so she basically offers him the job as the Underworld correspondent, and he says, Deal. The issue ends. We're still out on the highway. It's, now, it's, it's nighttime at this point. There's a big rig that looks exactly like Optimus Prime rolling down the highway when it catches Doomsday in its headlights. The driver honks the horn. Hey, buddy, get out of the way. And Doomsday punches the rig. The rig explodes. The rig and Doomsday are surrounded by fire. We're assuming now that this man has perished. Doomsday is laughing. There's another truck driver who witnesses this. So he gets on his CB to radio the state troopers. And on our final panel, we've got a guy who's in a room with surveillance equipment of some sort, a monitoring station. And he hears this, this cry for help from this, this truck driver telling the state troopers that a big monster flipped over this rig with one hand tied behind its back and that the monster is as big as a friggin' house and that he's heading east. And this guy who is uh, listening to this says, hello, what have we here? Now, this sounds like a job for the Justice League, and we see that it's continued next week in Justice League number 60. Good Lord, this lettering is horrible. 69. Now, I know because I was reading Justice League at this point that this is Oberon, who is basically Mr. Miracle's manager. This is, however, the, the point during this, the, the Justice League it's the Boahaha era, as they call it. Uh, but Giffen and McGuire, and all—they're the, not—they're no longer part of the book. I think uh, Jurgens is doing the the Justice League. I'm not sure if he's also doing art. But this, again, this will be continued in Justice League America 69 and Superman number 74, which will be on sale next week. Thirty years ago. So that is the the first chapter, the first issue in our death of Superman storyline. And uh, I think it i think it kicked off rather well. We get a very good idea of, of this monster that we're dealing with. It hasn't had a name yet. We know that the chapter is called Doomsday Part One, but we don't, as a reader reading this for the first time, the creature has not been named officially as Doomsday. However, while the internet wasn't really a thing at the time, you did have stuff like Wizard Magazine and, of course, inner, you know, company ads within other books. And I'm fairly certain we know, I, I'm fairly certain that they get, that they, in, in one of these, like in an interview or in a, a preview or an ad or something, talking about the death of Superman, that they do name this creature as Doomsday. So if you're, if you were up to date on stuff back then, then you know that this creature is called Doomsday. However, I do know, I do remember that, we uh we don't know what doomsday looks like at this point because i remember thinking that this is this is what doomsday looks like he wears this full body suit with these uh red goggles and uh it's not until later that you know during his fight with superman because it's it's no secret i mean i'm not i don't think i'm spoiling anything uh obviously it's called the death of superman it's it's as he's fighting doomsday that that is what uh, takes Superman's life. And it's during their fight that the the this overall bodysuit, these coveralls come off of Doomsday and we see the creature in its true form. And I do remember being very disappointed in the way Doomsday looks. I have since gotten over that over the past 30 years. Uh, I'm a big fan of the way Doomsday looks, but I remember at the time when we got to that point thinking how he looked so much cooler when he was just wearing the coveralls uh, with the red goggles, and was was kind of upset, you know, internally. It's like, ah, I wish they would have just kept it that way because he looks so much better. But again, I have since changed my mind. Um, I don't know that there's much more I want to say about this. I think it's a a, a very good first issue uh, for this storyline because we are introduced to the the creature that will eventually end Superman's life. We don't know. Anything about this creature, except for the fact that nothing is going to stand in its way, anything that gets in this creature's way, even a freaking little bird flying in its path, uh, is destroyed. And we know that the Justice League is going to get involved at some point. Superman at this point doesn't know that Doomsday is out there, but we know that uh, eventually the two are going to clash. The art in this issue is a lot of fun. John Bogdanov is not one of my favorites. Uh, but I do enjoy his art style. Uh, it's a little bit different compared to uh, the traditional look of a lot of the comics at this time. Um, we got to remember this is '92, and guys like uh, Liefeld and McFarlane were were really uh, they they've made a name for themselves at this point. We've started to see a lot of a lot of art straying from that traditional DC Marvel House style. I mean, it's not it's not un unknown for artists to deviate from that house style, uh, because in the 80s, of course, we had guys like Bill Kevich who uh, did rather start out uh, very traditional looking and eventually uh, has this just this great uh, sketchy kinetic all over the place style. So it's not like uh, seeing something different was just uh, a crazy thing to see back then but it was starting to become more common for art to stray from that traditional format from that traditional look but yeah the, again there's really not much more i want to say um not a lot of in-depth insight into this book and not not a lot of uh big secrets being revealed not a lot of uh there's really i mean when it comes down to it the the whole first arc the first chapter in the death of Superman is not, it's not all that deep. And we're going to see that as we go forward. And in fact, leading up to the, to the issue in which Superman dies, what we're going to see is the number of panels on each page. I mean, right now, on average, we have about four to five panels per page in this issue. I don't know flipping through it real quick. I don't think we have any that have more than five. And the fewest number of panels other than the there was a, a two page splash, the fewer number of panels is three. As we continue until the 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 issue in which Superman dies, which is issue number uh, well, Superman number seventy five, the number of panels per page as each issue progresses will lessen until that that issue seventy five of Superman every page is a splash page. And I, I, uh, I'll I, be honest with you, I don't really remember noticing that back then. It's something I came across 10 years later or so as I was, I was reading about the death of Superman and somebody pointed that out. And my mind was freaking blown. But I'm sure we'll talk about that as we move forward. But again, the average, probably the average number of panels per page in this issue is about four to five. But again, big fan of the art here. Uh, uh, John Bogdanov, again, is not on my list of like favorite artists of all time. But I think when it comes to the four Superman titles that were coming out weekly at this time that the the Death of Superman goes through, uh, his is probably my second favorite as far as the art. It's definitely the most unique looking art from what I recall. Um, He does kind of have that, it's like he, he, he almost has that image flair that, that guys like Leifeld and McFarlane uh, have, you know, Jim Lee, and um, he, he does lean. It's, he's almost like a, uh, he's got that traditional house style with a bit of a McFarlane flair to it, and uh, it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed the moment where Superman is about to punch Charlie in the face because Lois, who still has her hands tied behind her back, she stops clark slash superman uh by kicking him squarely in the butt and uh superman has this look on his face as he's being kicked in the butt we we superman's got his back to the reader and uh this is a a a great example of the the what i love about john uh art uh because when as she's kicking him in the butt he he actually has the cape rising up and bunching around her foot and uh it's it's a really good page. He draws Superman very bulky. He Superman is a big bodybuilder type uh figure in these in 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 John McDonough's issues that I also find that rather interesting at this time because artists are are really it's becoming more common to stray from that, you know, house style uh Superman's body type changes throughout all four of these titles, which I I find very interesting, but um his body style in Man of Steel, the, the John Bogdanov body style is probably the more stylized throughout the four issues. And he's definitely the, the bulkiest of the, the versions of Superman that we get. But yeah, off to a good start. Really excited to be reading this again. Next week, uh, we'll be looking at that issue of Justice League and, uh, Justice League 69 and Superman number 74. Uh, because those are the issues that were released next week, thirty years ago, October twentieth, nineteen ninety-two, and so I I hope you come back for that. Now, a bit of a warning: I talked about this a bit in issue zero, but as I'm looking at the the schedule of episodes that are coming up, when we get to the week after episode nine, that week, uh, between Thursday, December the first of ninety-two, between uh the week of December the 1st 92 and the week of December 15th 92 that week in between there were no issues released that were part of the death of superman storyline so as it stands there's no episode planned for that week so what I'd like to do because we'll have 9 episodes out by that point I'd like to put together a feedback episode if I could uh but that all depends on y'all so Start thinking about that as we progress through these episodes. You don't have to send me anything now. We're only one episode in. But if you have your thoughts on, on the series as a whole, uh, feel free to send that to me at just another fanboy at gmail.com. If you want to be included as an episode opener, again, record those thoughts. If you have your own way of recording, you can email them to me at just another fanboy at gmail.com. Otherwise you can use the voice line 785-318-6673 the number will be in the show notes and leave a voicemail. You can also use that number to text me if you want if you 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 know you want to be part of the feedback episode. But if you're going to leave me a voicemail and it's going to be something to be included, you know, where were you when Superman died or what does the death of Superman mean to you? If you if you want to be included in a in an episode opening, again, if you're using the voicemail, let me know who you are, let me know how you want to be attributed. In the episode, and just let me know that that's that's what you're doing here. Uh, otherwise, you can do that, you know, in an email. When if you record it yourself and send send it to me an email. Wow, I'm rambling. I'm really stretching this out longer than it really needs to be. So I'm just gonna let y'all go. Uh, we'll talk again next week as we move forward with the death of Superman. Bye.